It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the logos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And I'm excited about today's guest. I mean, our guest list has been incredible. The incredible Ken Burns. The incredible Alexander Volkanowski. I mean, I can go on and on. And this guy, I'm so happy to have on. Let me give him the proper introduction. Because Thunderstruck is a proper uh, introduction for this next gentleman. But I say one of the top three players to ever play New Mexico high school basketball. One of the top Lobos of all time. Let's welcome in Rob Robbins, better known as the Duke. Rob, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing, Mike? How you been? That's a, uh, thanks for the introduction. I don't know about all that, but thank you. Well, Rob, you've always been humble, and a lot of people know you in Albuquerque, but this is going all across the way. You'll you'll hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Let's start in Farmington, New Mexico. What was it like playing for the great Marv Sanders? That was a that was a great experience. I mean. Still to this day, I think that Marv Sanders is probably the greatest coach I ever had. And, I mean, I played overseas, uh, played a little bit with the Nuggets, played with, uh, you know, Gary Colson, and um, and then the man we won't mention his name. I don't even like to give him uh, any reason to mention his name, but that guy, he didn't know anything. But uh, Coach Sanders was uh, – an amazing coach, but what he was was just he was a leader. It was like you had no doubt in your mind who was in charge, and he had ethics and integrity beyond any coach I had ever been around. So it was it was a privilege to play with him. Former Lobo great Rob Robbins on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, Rob, you win the title in 86, and I mean you put on a performance that's second to none. And not just that, Rob, you go to north-south and dominate. And then the recruiting begins. Had it already? Had you already signed your senior year to UNM, or were you giving other schools looks at that time? Um, I actually uh, I waited. So some of the schools wanted me to commit early, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to see what else was going on out there. So, but I did commit to New Mexico at uh, after the basketball season ended. I committed to them. So I think I committed like couple months before the North-South game. Rob Robbins is our guest. Now, Rob, you had this intensity to you, and I would see you. I played against you, but I would see you get ready for a basketball game. When did that flip? When did you flip the switch, Rob? Was it during warm-ups? Was it the whole day? Because you had an intensity to your game. Yeah, I was was always kind of a (laughs) high-strung kid. Um, I had a hard time sleeping when I was younger. I have no problem now. Uh, but, I mean, I, I I used to not sleep but more than an hour or two before game day I mean, because I was so excited. And so it made it tough when you played in things like the state tournament because you had to play three games in a row back then. And, you know, unlike now, everybody gets to get into the state tournament. I mean, the season meant something back in the 80s and the 90s because you had to win your district or finish second to get in. Now I'm now everybody gets to get in, so it's kind of weird. But um, so I think they've kind of lost how special that state tournament was 
I think they need to go back to eight teams because there's no way 16 teams are good enough to be in a state tournament in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, for but sure. I was always, yeah, but, but what we used to do was take, we would, you know, Farmington, New Mexico is freezing, but this was taught by our high school coach was he took cold showers before warm-up. So everybody had to take a cold shower was a requirement by Mar Sanders. So he, his, his understanding was let's get the nerves to the top of your skin and get you guys freaked out. So we did that, and then we'd go out and warm up. But I really got out of control and probably did a lot of screaming and pushing people around, getting them going, like, right before uh, right before warm-up started. And we pretty much didn't settle down until the game ended. Rob Robbins is my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the show Mike Adams 2.0. Now, Rob, you, you get to get go with Gary Colson, and at that time, if I look at that Lobo unit, of course, Luke Longley, who had a ton of NBA titles, and your team is actually pretty loaded uh, when you get oh, yeah. there. What was that like, first day on campus with Gary Colson? That was a fantastic, that was another experience. It was just incredible. And, and what's unfortunate about that whole Gary Colson thing was that uh, I don't think UNM had any idea what that team was about to become. Because, like you said, that team was loaded when I got there. I mean, you had Daryl McGee, had Charlie Thomas, who was freshman player of the year in the ACC at Wake Forest who had transferred in. I mean, I think we had three seven-footers on our team. Um, we were loaded. And what people don't understand is Matt Osick was about to come. Tracy Murray was about to come. Brian Williams had already committed. All these guys were coming to be Lobos. And then when Gary Colson and that situation happened, um, they all decommitted. And so the, the problem was uh, I, well, that was just a terrible situation. And it would have been a wonderful situation for me because one thing we were missing our entire my college career was we needed that other kind of threat on the other side. We had like Marvin Burroughs is a great player and a great rebound defender, but I was kind of the only shooter on the team for four years. So they just uh, shaded to me and then double teamed Luke down low, and then we were kind of had problems. But, but that team was loaded my sophomore year, my freshman year. I mean, there was. I mean, we, we should have done a lot more than we did. Well, and to piggyback that, Rob, you talked about Matt Othick and Brian Williams, later known as Bison Dale. They went to Arizona. Arizona makes that tremendous run. Tracy Murray ends up at UCLA. I can't imagine. That might have been, honestly, Rob, a Final Four team. Yeah, well, that, that team just turns into, like, what we do is we become Arizona, and Arizona becomes New Mexico. Arizona's a pretty good basketball team, but we would have taken over the reins and just basically, I mean, we would have been a top-ten team. We probably would have had a couple of lead eight because that team, if you put Matt Osick on that team and Tracy Murray and Brian Williams and you got Kenny Thomas and myself and you got like Rob Leffel, Luke Longley, Daryl McGee, I mean, that team was freaking loaded. And if you would have added that, that would have been a special time. But unfortunately, nobody got to see that and it didn't happen, so. Rob Rob Robbins is my guest, better known as the Duke. How'd you get the nickname the Duke? Uh, Charlie Thomas gave that to me. So I was just sitting in the locker room one day in my cowboy boots and <laughs> talking like I talk, and and he said, "That's a John Wayne. That's the Duke over there." And then it stuck. And then from from that point on, 
I think half the team didn't even know what my real name was. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Rob, you leave the University of New Mexico because we're not going to talk about that time because you don't want to bring it up, and I totally understand. So let's let's jump now. You 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 leave the University of New Mexico. What happens with Rob Robbins? Where do you go first? So first, I go. I sign a free agent contract with the Nuggets and go and play. Do the summer league with the Nuggets. Do camp with the Nuggets. Um, go there and then eventually get cut by the Nuggets. So that was that was no fun. So, um, but it was a good experience. And the problem was it was that time where the coach had just they just drafted. Kimbe Matumbo, and he was trying to run up and down and score 160 points a game. It was, it was a weird time. But I ended up in the CBA the rest of that year, so I played in the CBA in Alabama, Birmingham, um, a little time in Rapid City, Rapid City, North Dakota, or South Dakota. So played the CBA there that year. Then I ended up playing in Australia for a couple of years. <laughs> then I played in France for a year. Played in Canada. So I pretty much played, I played in the I think it was called. Uh, not. I pretty much played in every professional league that existed, except for the NBA. <laughs> pretty incredible so, journey, Rob. So it was fun. I spent about six, seven years of just playing basketball, and you know, basically, I took my retirement first. So now I'm going to work the rest of my life because I didn't do anything <laughs> for those seven years. <laughs> Rob, they don't pay like they pay now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that job that I had for eighty grand in France is now paying like one point three million dollars. So it's a little different now than it used to be. Rob Robbins is my guest now. Rob, it's kind of ironic, right? Your daughter's getting recruited by every college in the country, kind of like her dad, and then she chooses UNM. How'd that make you feel, Rob? Just not as a parent, but knowing what you did for UNM, now your daughter is at UNM. Yeah, it was uh, it was very cool, and it was very. Uh, I didn't think she would pick you on him, to be honest with you, and but she did. Um, but I think she, it was it was special for me just because you know it just brings back all the memories and all the times that you had and all the special things, and and I think it was kind of I think she kind of chose that school also because I did go there. Um, I think she felt comfortable, and we didn't move out of New Mexico till she was in ninth grade, so. That was she considered that her home. She considers Albuquerque where she's from. Um, she really she enjoyed her time there. So I think it was a very comfortable choice for her because you know it was uh, it was it came down to basically she was going there or New York City to St. John's because wow. she was trying those were the, those were the last two teams and she was really torn between those two. So but I was actually happy that she chose New Mexico too because. A little hard to get to Mexico. <laughs> it's a little hard to get to New York. Yeah, from, from Arizona. I mean, so I can get and see her. I can visit her, and we're we're very we're very close. Me and my daughter, we've always been very very close. So we have a great relationship. So um, I actually, you know, I just left there this morning, and I've already talked to her twice on the phone, and she keeps texting. I mean, and I just saw her, you know, two hours ago. So. We're we're close and we we want to keep it that way and and she's a special person obviously to me for sure. Rob Robbins is my guest, the former UNM great, played professional basketball all around the world. Now, Rob, you were very close to Luke Longley. If there was a friendship, it was you and Luke. And everybody here in town who who played ball or knew you guys, 
man, there was a special friendship. How good was it for Luke not only to win those titles in Chicago, but to have the longevity in the NBA? Yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool time. So, I mean, what was nice is all three of his rings that he got. I was at the championship game and the closeout game that he did in all three of them, and got to be in the locker room at the end of the game for all three of those. So, that was pretty cool for me to see, and I got to see some things that other people didn't. But what I think Luke was nice about Luke is it validated Luke and. Because, you know, a lot of people said he was lazy. A lot of people said he was slow. Some people said he didn't care. But Luke cared just as much as anybody did. problem was Luke was very bright. He was well-spoken. He, he, I mean, he was an intellectual. So, you know, people sometimes have a difficult time talking to people when they don't understand them. So he was a very different guy. And he was a very high intelligence. So he was, uh, I think it validated um, him getting those rings and playing well and the big contracts that, like, hey, you know, I was good enough to be here. So I think it was pretty cool. Rob Robbins is my guest, and I still remember you and Luke in that little car riding around. What was that little car? <laughs> what, what was that car? A Yugo? Yeah, what are yeah. you guys riding in? That was a CRX, <laughs> like a little Honda CRX. It pulled the front seats out. And taking them out, and so he, he sat in the back seat, and he drove the car. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty fair. It had, like, roll bars in it and everything. It was in, a, like, a racing steering wheel, and it was freaking pretty hilarious car, to be honest with you. <laughs> now, as humble as you are, Rob, I, I best describe you as this for the listener. Could shoot the ball and had the intensity of Scott Skiles. So think of somebody who could shoot the ball but hated to lose and was going to give you 150% regardless, and you guys could be down eight with 10 seconds, and you're playing like you just tipped the ball off. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that, I would say that is. So I've always been told I'm that guy that you really want on your team, but you can't freaking stand him if he's on the other team. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was definitely that guy. So, yeah, people always said, you know, your attitude and your mentality is a lot like Danny Ainge, Scott Skiles, guys like that. Yeah, just want to win. And you know what, Rob? I thank you. Our our time is coming up, and I just appreciate you, man. I always have. Uh, not only was I able to play against you, but I was able to continue to, to talk to you, and I always thought your basketball intelligence was incredibly, incredibly high. And I don't say that. Uh, to everybody, Rob, but you knew this game way before a lot of people did. Well, I appreciate that, and that's nice of you to say. And, that, and that's sometimes a very difficult thing. Is like um, It's very difficult to know more than your, your coach sometimes, and that does happen to a lot of players. I mean, not just to me. Or I mean, I had to play for a coach in college for three years who freaking I forgot more basketball than he knew. So that's a very – that's a very difficult thing to do for for any player, for any athlete. So I mean, it's uh, so it's hard. Like if you're in high school, these high high functioning athletes that are in high school. I mean, a lot of these guys they know more than their coach because they've been around you know professional training and they've worked with people and with AAU now. I mean, like like my daughter. I mean, she's she's been playing against D1 girls since she's 12 years old. I mean, so it's. It was like a step up to college now for these college athletes. It's it's not overwhelming. It's deal. I mean, they know half of the players that they play against because they played with them or against them their entire life. 
So it's uh, I think that like coming in as a freshman and not being able to play or needing some time off that that doesn't exist anymore. These guys, these girls are coming in and these guys are coming in ready to play like now. now so it's it's pretty cool to watch. Rob, my last question. I ask this to every guest. So when you played, and even now, what's in the iPod? What music do you listen to, especially when you played hoop? What was those songs that got you to that level, or, or music artists? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was playing, it was uh, it was like Ronnie James Dio, it was uh, Metallica, it was uh, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, stuff like that. I mean, I, I was the hair band guy or the hard rock guy, so... <laughs> Um, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I still listen to all that crap, too, still. Yeah, you, you know what? I think we all do. But I want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Give my best to the entire family. Continued success with your daughter. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Rob. Great. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, buddy. You do a hell of a job, man. Keep going. Thank you. That was Rob Robbins, better known as the Duke, the former UNM great the former Farmington High School great, and I will say it, top three basketball players to ever play in the state of New Mexico, and glad to see his daughter doing well for the Lady Lobos. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Fantastic interview with the former Lobo great Rob Robbins, the former Farmington High School great Rob Robbins. His daughter now plays for the Lady Lobos. Rob, great interview. Appreciate it. Now, I bring in my good friend Micah Frankel. What do we do? We do fact or fiction. Micah, are you ready? Ready for fact or fiction. You ready to go, Mike? Let's go. Lomachenko proved on Saturday night he's ready for another world title fight. Vasily Lomachenko proved that he's ready for another world title fight. I thought he performed extremely well, Micah. I really do. I saw the entire fight. And I think what's next, as the question prevails, could be one of many. But Devin Haney, I think, is waiting in the wings. Pay-per-view fight? No. ESPN Plus? Absolutely. Who would you favor right now betting odds? Haney. Is he too big for Lomachenko? Not only is he too big, I think he's skilled enough to offset Lomachenko's skills. And was it not awesome when Lomachenko said, you look like a heavyweight? Well, and that tells you, that tells you Lomachenko may be too big for this weight, but he needs to stay in this division to get paid. Jake Paul under-exceeded expectations when we talk about his boxing development. I think he over-exceeded. So I'm going to say fiction to your statement. And I'm going to say this. In the eighth round when he knocks down Anderson Silva, who in a million years would have thought this, number one? Number two, you're talking about Anderson Silva. Yes, he's older. Yes, he's past his prime. But had still beaten Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. about a year earlier. So an impressive victory for Jake Paul. How long ago was Julio Cesar Chavez done boxing? Uh, a while back, Micah. But still. See, more than a year and a half ago. This is my point, though. That Paul, at 25 years old, in the physical prime of his life, with million-dollar trainers around him and extensive training, to only barely get by, that knockdown is what won the fight. To get by a 47-year-old does not show the kind of progressions that we would be looking forward from any other 25-year-old prospect because MMA fighters aren't known for their boxing. Micah, let me give you an example of what I mean. Jake Paul, 25, 
beating Anderson Silva 47. Let's say 25-year-old in-shape basketball player beats Michael Jordan at horse. It's still Michael Jordan. Even though Michael Jordan hasn't picked up a ball maybe in 10 years, he's still Anderson Silva. So when you hear the name, it creates a lot of confidence for somebody. I understand what you're saying, but I am taking a little bit off because if it was Anderson Silva in MMA, I get what you're saying. But you said beating Michael Jordan in horse. No, this is by beating Michael Jordan in hopscotch. It's still using his hops, but it's not even bringing in all of his tools. Diaz versus Paul is where we're going next. I think. So I'm not going to say fact or fiction. I think it could happen. Do I think uh, Fury's name, Tommy Fury, comes up again? I do, for whatever reason. And I think that what Jake Paul's trying to create is maybe he takes this show on the road, maybe to Wembley, right? He's thinking, okay, maybe I can take this global now. I've done enough here. Let me pick some opponents in different countries and try to take this global now. Jake Paul needs Nate Diaz, reports less than 200,000 pay-per-view buys and only 70% capacity at the stadium. Those are not Jake Paul-like numbers. Not Jake Paul-like numbers. How many likes did he get on YouTube, though, Micah? You still get millions of likes where it's free, but the cash is what counts. I love it. Plant versus Benavidez. The winner gets Canelo. I don't think the winner gets Canelo, so fiction... I think the winner becomes very, very valuable to the sport. Caleb Plant should be the betting favorite in that fight. Yes, fact. Fact. Tougher competition, more proven, hasn't missed weight. Fact. Arnold Allen did enough on Saturday night to become the number one contender for Alexander Volkanovsky. A fiction. Volkanovsky, we already know who he's going to fight. We don't want to throw any other names in the mix, Micah. See, we were excited to. I called you. I said, Micah, it's going to come back. One of the biggest shows ever. And then you throw that at me, Micah. I'm going to say fiction. Well, here's the issues. The, the Islam Nurmagomedov clamp has went radio silent. The UFC is going to book Volkanovski to fight in February. And if Islam doesn't want it, Volkanovski wants Perth so bad, he's going to fight Allen and defend his title. Because the stoppage of Calvin Cater, he looked that far ahead. He earned the shot with the stoppage. Fabian Edwards will follow in his brother's footsteps and become a world champion over in Bellator. I think so. I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say fact to that, Micah. I think two brothers become world champions. Yes. Strategically picking apart Charlie Ward last weekend in Italy, it did enough for me to say that Fabian Edwards is championship caliber. This weekend, UFC Fight Night, main event, top women's strawweights. Marina Rodriguez will fight the winner of Zhang Gui Li versus Carla Esparza, it looks like. Yeah, it does look like that, Micah. And, you know, the women's division is exciting as ever. There's always good fights. Always good fights. Got to check out this one this weekend. Marina Rodriguez might be the most technical Muay Thai striker in the women's strawweight division. That one is going to be great. Two wins in a row. Russell Westbrook has found his niche coming off the bench. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't want to say fact, because I'm a big Russ Westbrook fan. If this continues and he's getting triple doubles and he's throwing passes like he's doing, Micah, then bring him off the bench. The Lakers still need shooting. And until they get that, yeah, they have two wins in a row. Let's see where this takes us. But yes, coming off the bench, 
Seems the Lakers have won some games. No one ever expected that once he got injured as the Colts starting quarterback, that Matt Ryan would save the day for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm going to tell you this, Russ belongs coming off the bench because him and LeBron are redundant. They do the same things, so if you have two of them, that's incredible, and keeping them apart is even better. Yeah, and the thing about Ryan, what a shot, Micah. What a shot. What a shot. Luka Doncic, seven straight 30-point games. He's taking it to another stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely. I said Luka is the next superstar of the league. And what's happening, Micah, with him is that they, we always say this, get him a couple more people. He holds the ball 95% of the time. 95% of the time, the basketball is in his hands. So if you do give him another superstar, right, how's he going to get his points? My worry about Luka, specifically for this year, he came in off the Euro League final, the Euro tournament. All the guys that play in that tournament look great because their legs are in mid-season form. What happens when we get to the end of the season? Do they still have the gas? Great start, but I wonder if his body can handle it. Even though last year we saw him out of shape, it's better to see him in shape. I'm still worried. Definitely not worried about the Astros. Altuve is the spark that gets them going. I'll tell you what, Altuve, Pena, Bregman, unbelievable the way they played. You know, the Astros threw a no-hitter. Yes, it was more than one, but it's still a no-hitter. No matter how you calculate that, how you add it up, Zero runs, zero hits, zero errors. At the end of the day, Micah, the Astros winning on Thursday night, putting them up 3-2, this Astros team is good. Game four, it was the double from Altuve. Game five, it was the triple. He is the spark that gets them going. And I'm also going to say Christian Javier is an unsung giant, a disappearing fastball that was just nasty. I'll tell you what, when I watched it in slow motion and it kind of elevated up about eight inches, How frustrating is that for Harper? How frustrating is that for any hitter in a Phillies uniform? And on Thursday night, they went throwback, Micah. They went to the throwback uniforms of the Philadelphia Phillies, of Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton. And that ball was just elevating, Micah. Micah, it was going up. It looked like eight inches. Man, you wish the swings would have looked as nice as the uniforms. Could not match them, though. Should have bring this one up a moment ago. No cut. No coach is going to fix the Brooklyn Nets. It'll be interesting. I heard the uh, name Ime Adoka possibly going to the Nets. They have Jacques Vaughn leading them right now. I don't know, Micah, what the Nets need. I really don't. Because anytime you look at that team, you're thinking to yourself on paper, they have to be in the finals. But they're not a cohesive unit. A focused Kyrie Irving, a confident Ben Simmons. Those might be places to start. A healthy Seth Curry. I'm, I'm getting to where this roster is not what we expected. Do you trade it to Kyrie be. Irving right now? I would trade Kyrie Irving, but reports around the league, there are no takers because what he's done is so drastic. No one wants to alienate their fan base. Yeah, and it's it's a tough situation. And I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner of all of sports, Micah. He gets things done. Keeping it rough, keeping it tumble. The commanders have done the right thing by enlisting Bank of America to start investigating sales options. Well, and not just that, Michael. Word is there's a possibility of Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z having interest in that team. I think a lot of people might be interested in buying the commanders. I don't know what the value of the commanders would be right now because you would say it's high, it's the D.C. area. They need a new stadium. It was a top 10 franchise financially for the league 
pre-Snyder era. It's a bottom third earner at this point. It seems like you would want them in the hands of somebody that is going to promote your business in a better financial way. And better yet, Michael, what is the value? If the Phoenix Suns are valued, somebody said at $3 billion, right? Wasn't that the number for the Phoenix Suns? Between 3 to 4.5 something, he gets about 6.5 for the Commanders. You think so? If not higher. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to keep my eye on that, Micah. The Dolphins may have pulled off one of the greatest trades ever when they gave the Niners that number three pick. Fact. When you can get a first-round pick, you turn Trey Lance into Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb. We went from a laughing stock to the Dolphins look like a savvy group. And the Dolphins look, Micah, they'll make the playoffs. It'll be interesting to what they do in the playoffs. That's going to be the question. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs? Yes. Can they get to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Is it time to worry about the Warriors' five losses in a row? Fiction. Don't worry yet. Don't worry. With that firepower, Micah, you can never worry. I'm slightly worried. I'm not worried because the the West has so many injuries and teams underperforming, but Clay looks old, Dre looks old, and I'm not hearing Kaminga, Moody, or Wiseman picking it up like it should. So I'm not hitting the eject button yet, but it is not smooth sailing. And it's early, Micah. You know, here's the thing. The Lakers lose their first four, and oh my gosh, they're no good. Now the Golden State Warriors lose five in a row, and you're almost ready to push the eject button. We try to light, do this lightning fast, Mike, and of course I'm going to end it with go bolts. And not just that, Mike, I want to add, Jokic passes Wilt Chamberlain for career triple doubles, Micah, already. That tells you how good Jokic is because people will argue to this day Wilt was the best big man, Shaq was the best big man, Jokic is putting up big-time numbers. I know everybody loves Instagram. You can follow Mike Adams 2.0 on IG. If you go check out the Sports Center ID, talking about guys looking like Will Chamber, Taco Fall is doing some amazing thing in China. Go check out the highlights if you haven't seen it. This dude is wrecking shop on the court there. Taco Fall, the former Boston Celtic. Micah, we're ready to keep going, and this time we're going to you pick them. You pick them. Last week was our first week of you pick them. Mike Adams went eight and six. Micah Frankel went ten and four, coming wow. out just ahead of you, boss. Nay, hey, let's let's continue. Eight and six, I'll take. I'll take eight and six this week. Ten and four for you. Start from the top. Hey, we went six and two overall on the picks that we had in common, so I'm not hating on that. We're starting this week, and I know it's your favorite team, so we're going to go with them. Raiders, Jaguars, they both disappointed us last week. Micah, that's not the word. The Raiders couldn't get past the 50-yard line till the fourth quarter. The Jaguars are in every single game up until the last minute. It's hard to watch. I don't even want to watch this game, and I'm the biggest Raider fan. Like, you put out Jaguars Raiders, and I want to say I'm shutting the TV, but it's you pick them. I'm picking the Raiders. I'm going with the Jaguars, the most exciting player. I um, Who I'm most excited for in this game, Calvin Ridley. Oh, wait, he's suspended, but he just got traded to his new home in Jacksonville. I got to go still with the Jaguars. As the Raiders just look discombobulated on offense, there's no identity. Connor and McDaniels are not meshing well. The Jaguars fight hard, and that's why I'm taking them. Up next, we got the Chargers and the Falcons. So one team disappointing and one team kind of playing above expectations. Well, the Falcons were lucky against the Carolina Panthers for sure. 
lucky is the word, Micah. And the Chargers are up and down. Would you agree? So up and down. That I'm going with the Falcons. I got to agree with you, Matt Ryan. Uh, no, excuse me, not Ooh. there no more, Matt Ryan. Marcus Mariota, a diverse running attack. You have Herbert, my favorite quarterback in the league, but his ribs are jello at this point. An ankle injury, no targets, not to mention Bosa's injured. We're both rolling with the Falcons because the Chargers cannot stop the run. Next up, we got the Dolphins at Chicago. I think this is going to be a better game than we think. Justin Fields seemed to is getting better every week, right? He just doesn't have a supporting cast in Chicago. I'm going the Dolphins here, Micah. Take Miami. I'm going with the Dolphins. They're going to have to come out with some trickeration. They're going to have to do some stuff to run the ball because that wind in Chicago is always detrimental. I don't think Chase Claypool makes an impact or even has a catch this week. I'm still rolling with the Dolphins. Next up, we got the Panthers at the Bengals. Oh, Bengals treated us rough on Monday night. Oh, the Bengals. My goodness. Were they a Super Bowl team last year? Because they're hard to watch, Micah. Put the Bengals and the Jaguars and the Raiders all together, and they're hard to watch. But I'm going to take the Bengals over the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I'm going to go opposite on this one with you. I am going to go and take the Panthers. Their defensive line is better than the Swiss cheese offensive line. Joe Burrow doesn't have Jamar Chase. Not enough to get by. The Panthers win an ugly one. Indianapolis Colts are going to be visiting the New England Patriots. Here's the thing. Belichick, when the Bears beat him that night, he came back last week, and the Patriots look good, right? Yep. I'm going Bill Belichick. I'm going Bill Belichick because the most important thing you forgot to mention, he doesn't lose to young quarterbacks. That's what I overlooked this week, last week. I'm not overlooking it this week. We're riding with that tenacious run game and stout defense one more time. Love the hardcore football. Minnesota Vikings traveling to those earlier mentioned Washington Commanders. I'm going all in Minnesota Vikings. They have been impressive this entire season. The head coach, O'Connell's done a phenomenal job. I like the Vikings. Talking about acquisitions this week, you don't usually see in-division trades, but TJ Hawkinson added as tight end another vertical passing threat. We got to keep rolling with Minnesota, if not the best, the second best team. We're a little late. Shout out to the Eagles. 8-0. That run game is something tenacious. Seattle Seahawks in division, traveling down to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going Seattle Seahawks, Micah. They're hot right now. They're hot. They are hot, but I don't think they're that good. I got to go opposite. I got to believe the Cardinals are going to win some home games at some point. They're going to get through this, and they'll spark that offense at some point. Going to go with the Cardinals at home in an upset. I don't know who to pick in this next game. Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are the home team. Yeah, it's a tough one, Micah, because I'm kind of rooting for both of them, right? I don't want to see Brady lose no more. I want to see the Rams go back to those Super Bowl Rams, but I can't go against Tom Brady. I'm taking the Buccaneers. I got to go with you on this one and take the Buccaneers because at least Mike Evans is going to be on the field to try to catch a pass. Cooper Cup's ankle is more turned around than all the construction here locally. I can't go with the Rams at this point unless you tell me Aaron Donald's starting tight end. (laughs) Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a better game than people think. People are thinking the Chiefs right off the top. 
Derrick Henry has been playing unbelievable football, but I'm taking the Chiefs. I have every fear and every trepidation with you. I'm taking the Chiefs too, but if you tell me Derrick Henry goes for 250 and has the ball in his hand for 75% of the game, I will not be surprised. And we end this off with my Baltimore Ravens heading to the New Orleans Saints. Now, here's an interesting thing on this last game, Micah. The Saints looked incredibly good last week against the Raiders. Fair enough? Fair enough. The Ravens are like a yo-yo. They're just up and down. You don't know what you're going to get. How many games have they lost by touchdown or less? They've been in the lead in every game this season, and we still lost three. So that's three single-digit losses. So I, where are they playing at, Baltimore or New Orleans? New Orleans. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Ravens, not just because I'm a Ravens fan, but because without the wind, without the elements— now you got to deal with Lamar Jackson. Those aren't going to be wayward throws. He's going to have that turf to run on. And you still can't tell me you're fully behind an Andy Dalton that threw back-to-back pick sixes just two Thursday nights ago. i got to go with the Ravens. But if I really wanted to be honest, I want to take the Ravens in the first half and the, Bang- and the Saints with more points in the second half. But i got to pick here because you said so, so we're going with the flock. And that's you pick them. Michael, what a tremendous factor fiction. And you pick them. Trying to keep it going, Mike. We got fights. We got football. World Series probably going to end before we know, and the NBA is just getting going. You pick them is a lot of fun, though, too. I got to thank Sal behind the glass. Dave Dominguez did a tremendous job before we got in here, too. Dave, you're a great guy. I want to thank Joe O'Neill, the president. I want to thank Michael Frankel. Rob Robbins was my guest. And... Go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Pick it up on Mike Adams 2.0. Go to the Instagram, at Mike Adams 2.0. The show is Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.